Thanks for joining us today for the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Today, we are in the middle of our series called It's Time. With a new year here, it's time to stop looking back and start looking forward to all that God has for you. Let's continue the series, It's Time. Well, if you've been joining us for the last couple weeks, we've been talking about it's time. It's time to move into something that God wants us to do. And if you were with us for week one, Pastor Jason was speaking about it's time to move on from our past history, habits, and hurts and allow God to heal those places so that we can move forward in all that he wants for us. And last week, he encouraged us that it's time to fight. Anytime that we try to move forward, there's always going to be resistance in our life. Do you guys understand that? I know I go through that a lot too. Is that there always is going to be resistance when we try to move to something that God wants us to do, but it's time to fight for it, to fight for that over our lives. And today I'm excited to share with you that it's time for joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for joy. (laughs) Our key verse for our message this morning is from Philippians 4, and it says this, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. You know, when I was studying for this message, I discovered that there are over 200 mentions of either joy, rejoice, or gladness in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? And I think that it's so important that if God mentions something so many times, that it truly is our foundation in Christ. And that's what I want to share with you. Joy by the world's definition means this. It's a feeling of great pleasure or delight or happiness or gladness. And a lot of times in today's world, we we tend to use the word joy and the word happiness interchangeably. I know I do. We say, well, instead of coffee gives us happiness, sometimes I say coffee brings me joy. (laughs) So sometimes we use these two words interchangeably, but biblical joy, true joy, is a lot different than happiness. Joy is something that lasts, while happiness is something that can be temporary. Joy is something that springs from within, and it's an internal experience, while happiness is caused by external circumstances. Joy brings us a feeling of contentment and confidence that can take us through any of our life storms, while happiness seems to disappear in a life storm. Joy is a conscious commitment to be joyful, to have a sense of gratitude and contentment despite your circumstances, where happiness is a blurred emotion and it looks very different from person to person. So this morning I wanted to encourage us with this, is that joy is more than a feeling, it is our foundation in Christ. Joy is more than an emotion, it is our choice to choose and it's time to choose joy this year. You know, I'm choosing to preach this message of joy, to speak on joy, because I find that in my life, actually in the last couple um, months or so, we've been walking through some some difficulties, some hardships. Um, It all started back in October where I shared with you, I think in in August, that I was training for a half marathon and I was running and, and doing all the training and Shortly before the marathon, I injured my knee. 
So I was in physical therapy trying to get me to the race. And, and even though the race was amazing, I was so glad that I did it. I didn't have any pain. What happened is I started um, having this really painful situation happen afterwards. And I was going to physical therapy, and they said, you probably have a pinched nerve. And this pinched nerve has continued since October, and I still have pain in my back and down my leg. And, and even though I'm trying to do all the things to help it, it seems to continue. So in the season, I've never really walked through chronic pain before, but I'm walking through some chronic pain now. And it's amazing how just a little bit of this pain, this constant pain, can steal away some of this joy. A couple weeks after that, Christian came down with this crazy virus, and I think he had like a fever, a high fever, for about eight days. He, was, um, he missed almost three weeks of school, and it was just this time where I'm like, Lord, I pray for that my son, he gets better, and we were just praying over him. We thought he was recovering, and so I brought him to church one Sunday, and he went into a full... Um, allergic reaction here at church. He had hives all over his body. He blacked out in the bathroom. He started vomiting. And while Jason was preaching, I had to rush my kid across the street to the hospital to make sure that it hadn't um, affected his breathing. So again, I was just praying, Lord, I, I feel this pain. I, I'm going through this discouragement. Where is my joy? And then a couple weeks later, uh, Jason went to the, or to the doctors, and he's been struggling with some health things. And a couple weeks after that, we um, prayfully decided to close down my photography studio. Some of you know that I'm a photographer, and I've had a wonderful studio that I've been blessed with for the last 10 years. And we really felt just in this season that it was time to surrender this. So in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this season where I'm like submitting down, laying down a dream of mine, um, we moved our my studio into my home. And, and so we just continued to press on and there was more pain, and there was more doctor's appointments, and there was more physical therapy. And then just a few days right before Christmas, Ellie comes down with strep throat. And I'm like, Lord, there are so many things. And all you guys know, if you have sick kids, it's just the worst thing I feel like ever when your children are constantly sick. And I just discovered in this season that a lot of these things were stealing my joy. And maybe you've experienced a season like this before yourself where there's so much hardship. There's so many things. And if we're not careful, they steal our joy away. So I wanted to talk to you about joy and identifying the things that do steal it and how we can steal it back and really make it our foundation for this year. You know, God never promised us an easy life, but I love that he promised us, us his presence and his, his spirit right in the middle of all this. He promised us, us his joy in the midst of trial and persecution. But here's the thing. We have to choose it. If we don't choose it, it gets stolen from us. If we don't fight for it, it gets stolen. But we have to choose that joy is going to be our foundation in Christ. And the best thing I can think of, um, the best illustration I can think of this happening in the Bible is looking at the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, some of you might know, but the Apostle Paul, he was hit with a lot of things, yet he continued to have this joy that was unthinkable. If anyone in the world had this woe is me or, you know, had the right to be sorry for themselves, I think it would have been the Apostle Paul. He had every reason not to be filled with joy. 
He was beaten. He was whipped. He was robbed. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was put in prison. But the amazing thing is this, is that while he writes almost half of the New Testament, he's in prison, and he says things like this, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. He goes on in Corinthians and says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. And I think it's just so amazing that Paul, in the midst of his life, in the midst of all of this torture and cruelty, he's moving forward and he's choosing joy. Because for Paul, joy was his foundation. Joy was his choice, and the joy of the Lord was his strength. In fact, in the book of Philippians, the book that he wrote while he was in prison, he mentioned the word joy or rejoice almost 27 times in just four chapters. And again, he was in prison. I don't know if any of us could think of a time where we could think about joy and rejoicing when we were in this dungeon cell and we didn't know if we were going to live or die. Yet he's saying things like rejoice. I say again, rejoice. So I'm sure all of us would agree that we need more of this joy in our lives. But the struggle comes in is that when we don't identify some of these things that start stealing it away, because if we don't identify it, then we can't really stop it and make our shift to choose joy again. So this morning I wanted to identify four things that I've seen just in my life, and you guys probably can relate to, these things that steal our joy. And the first one is this, it's discontentment. It's when we start dwelling on another day, when we start wishing for another season, when we start longing for a different life. You know, we've all been there as a student in school. We think that one day that I'll graduate high school and I'll move on to college. And then as a college student, we, th- we dream about that one day that I'll be in my dream job. And then we're in that dream job, and the only thing we can think about is that one day that I'll retire, right? We can apply it to our relationships, too. We can dream about the day that we get to get married and, and we get to start a family. And, and then we meet our spouse and we get married and then we're married, right? And then we start looking for other things. So we're like, I can't wait to have children. So we have children and they're babies and it's tiring and exhausting. And we're like, I can't wait till they're kids. And then they're kids and we can't wait till they're teenagers. And then we're teenagers and we wish they were kids again. And then it just goes on and on and on. They leave our house and then we want them to come back. So it's this crazy cycle that we keep hoping and wishing and dreaming of a season that we're not even in yet. But I love what Psalm 118.24 says. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not yesterday or not coming days, but this day. This is the day that we need to choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Sometimes we just have to hold, grab hold of joy in our life because things like discontentment will try to steal it away from us. And I think one of the biggest culprits that I found... It's just comparison. We whip out our phones, and I think phones are a big culprit too. We whip out our phones. We go on social media. You know, I'm guilty of this. Like I'm like wanting to connect with people or looking for inspiration, and so I start scrolling and liking and loving everything I'm seeing. And then 
start looking at people's stories, and I'm like, oh, look at this this woman. She has like five businesses, and she's on Instagram. She's doing stories every day, and and uh, everything looks amazing. And she's oh, look at this. She's even making a home cooked dinner. And I'm like, how many of you struggle just to put a home-cooked dinner on the table every night? And I'm seeing this, and I'm starting to realize that I'm shifting what I have and who I am, and I am start longing for somebody else, somebody else's life. And sometimes we allow this discontentment to steal our joy, and we start doing this. We start comparing our worst days to everyone's best days. We start looking at what everybody else has and wanting it and seeing what we don't have. We start looking at everyone else's joy. They seem happy. Why can't I be like them? And it's this discontentment that starts coming into our spirit and it starts stealing our joys. The thing is, is that no one really has the joy and the happiness that they want. We all think that they do, but they're looking at our lives thinking the same thing. And it's this crazy cycle We can't find joy in another person's life, and we can't even find joy in a different season that we're not already in yet. The only person that can give us joy is God, spending time with him, being with him. He's the only one that can bring us this true joy. Paul says in Philippians 4, 11, 13, it says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do this, which is have contentment, through Christ who gives me strength. So instead of discontentment, let's choose to walk in gratitude. Let's start saying this over our lives. In every season of life, we are going to enjoy this day today. And stop wishing for a different season. Let's be grateful. Let's praise what God has done. Because when we live in gratitude, then we can see God's joy in our life. We have to choose that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we have to choose that we are going to be the best person. I'm going to be the best, Nicole. I can be in this season, in today, with the kids that I have now, in the job that I have now, in all of my circumstances, I have to choose to have joy. I have to have choose to have joy when I come home and I'm tired and my family's driving me crazy. And I have to choose to have joy and see, no, it's not crazy. It's a blessing. I have to choose to have joy when I'm in my home and I'm thinking about my dream home one day or this is not the neighborhood I want to, to be in. But I have to choose to live in that moment. I have to choose to make my home where I would love to be every day today. Because instead of comparison, we have to choose a life of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you to who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, I think there's only other, two other occasions where it says this is God's will for you. To love God, to love others as you love yourself. And he says this is God's will for us to always be joyful, to never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will for our lives. So instead of comparison... We have to choose to be grateful and surrender what we do have to God and thank him for blessing us with it. 
Another thing that steals our joy, and maybe you find this to be true, is neglect. We neglect the source of where our joy comes from. We neglect spending time with where our source comes from. We neglect spending time with God and allowing his presence and his spirit to fill us with that joy that we really need. When we allow neglect to come into our lives, we start finding this. We start finding out that we're, we're pouring out so much, much faster than we can ever pour into ourselves. And that leaves us feeling empty. And that leaves us feeling joyless. The thing is, is we all need to pour out. That's a good thing, right? The Bible says that we need to love one another. We need to serve one another. But the thing that's happening is that we're doing that. We're serving everybody. We're loving everybody. But we forget that we need to get it from the source. We need to have God fill us with that love and that grace and that compassion so that we're not running on empty when we continue to bless people around us. You know, I see this um, neglect in my own life, probably because I'm a mom, a business owner, I'm a pastor. I have so many like hats and things that I'm trying to do. And I find myself at the end of the day just being weary and just being feeling like I have poured out so much that all I want to do is run to bed. And then the whole day starts over. And it's again, that's another crazy cycle. But instead of that, we need to, I need to, just allow God to wash over me every day, to fill me up with his joy every day. And we need to make this choice to make room for the Holy Spirit to pour into us daily. Now, if we were all honest, I think we would all say that we all struggle with this. It's the busyness of life. It's the things. It's the demands that keep tearing us away. And it, it comes in the, in the cost of that we forget or we, we don't allow enough time to spend with God. And we're not allowing this time for him to pour into our lives. You know, last week, Pastor Jason, he spoke that any time we try to make a change in our life, like, oh, yes, we, we want to spend more time with Jesus. We want to spend t- more time with him so that he can fill us up with his presence, is that we're going to have resistance. Every day, it's a daily fight. It's a daily struggle to pause ourselves to say a prayer in the midst of our busy day and say, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your joy. Romans 15, 13 promises us that it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So many times in the Bible, the Holy Spirit and joy are mentioned together. And I love that because when we spend time in his presence, when we spend time in his spirit, he gives us joy. Galatians 5.22 says, and you all might know it, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And it goes on. And it's this joy. It's a gift for us. But in order to receive it, we have to spend time with him. So if you find yourself lacking joy throughout your day, if you find yourself getting home and you're like, wow, why am I trying to rush the kids to bed? Or why do I feel a little cranky in this moment? So to be honest, so whenever I come home, here's a confession. And I'm a little cranky and I'm like trying to rush through um, my day and get the kids to bed and do all the things. Jason, and he sees that I'm crabby and and, um, not very joyful. Jason will say, Have you spent time with God today? (laughs) And I'm like, 
in the moment, I want to say, leave me alone. Because, you know, we don't want to admit the reason maybe why we feel so rushed or so cranky sometimes. But it's true. Have I spent time with God today? If I spent time with God today, maybe I wouldn't be so rushed to get through the day. Maybe I would be filled with more joy and less crankiness. And I think we all need a little bit more of that joy. The third reason we all lose our joy so easily, I think, is this. It's loss of purpose, loss of a passion or a vision for your life. When we lose our vision, our purpose, our passion for our life, I feel like we just start doing like the everyday, the mundane type stuff. And we're not excited about anything. And the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I love that the message version says it like this in Proverbs 29, 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals to them, they are most blessed. They have contentment on the inside. They have joy on the inside. When the loss of purpose begins stealing our joy, we find ourselves this. We find ourselves just working and doing. Oftentimes in life, we started off with this vision and this passion and we're excited. But now we're just working and we're just doing and our vision isn't driving our lives. Let's take marriage, for example. We're so excited to get married, right? In high school, everyone dreams about it. The funny thing is, is that Christian t- told me the other day, he's like, Mom, I can't wait to get married. It's going to be the best day of my life. He's 10. I'm like, his wife's going to be blessed. I know that for sure. But when we're young, we, we look forward to it. Maybe we have um, awesome parents who are modeling this awesome relationship, and we just can't wait for this special day to find that someone, and we get married to, and we have so much vision, and we're like, I'm going to be the best wife, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and we have so much purpose and passion, and then we get married. And then what happens? We start saying things like, oh, we're just working on our marriage, that doesn't even sound fun. I think sometimes we just need to get that vision and that passion back for our lives. You can say the same thing about job or, or having kids or your career or going to school. Whatever it might be, it all applies the same. One of the best things that we can do for our lives is to get a vision for it today. And I love this. It says, start dreaming about the life you have today. Get fired up about something again. Because sometimes when you're dreaming, you have joy. You have happiness. You know, when I'm dreaming and when I'm getting a vision for something in my life, I find, let's just take, for example, like when I'm dreaming about being a good parent and I'm reading and I'm exploring and I'm talking about it and I'm pouring in all of these wonderful parenting tools, you know, it gives me more joy in the moment of parenting, even if I don't see the fruit from it. I have the joy because I'm, I'm passionate about it. I have vision for it. I'm excited about it. But here we have to be careful because sometimes we can start dreaming about things that are future things, things that we don't have control over. And it kind of then goes back to number one where we start feeling this discontentment if we're dreaming about things that we can't control. So the important part to realize is that God wants us to dream about our life today. 
the things that we have today, the home that we have today, the family that God has blessed us with today, the job that we have today. Start dreaming about the life you have today. Get a vision for it. Have joy in it. I can even see this if, if you're going through life and you're in a, jo- in a job that you just really don't like. You can bring passion back into that situation, not by having more vision and passion for your job. But you can actually turn it and you can have vision and, and purpose and passion for sharing God's love with others, for people, for serving those around you. And I bet if you, you know, just made that your passion, made that your purpose, you would go to work, a job that you hate, with more joy because you realize that your purpose there is really just to minister to other people. It's really just to invite other people into this relationship that you have, to share, share the joy that you have, to share the love that you have. And I really think that in your job, it's the best place to invite someone to church or to invite them into relationship with Christ. You don't get that at home with your kids. You don't get that in other places. But when you're at school or when you're at your job, instead of making it a place where you're just grudgingly going, make it a place where you have passion and purpose for people. Because I think God ultimately wants all of us to have passion and purpose for people. That's what we're called to do. The last thing that can steal our joy And this one's not really an easy one to talk about it. So I'll talk about it um, carefully is is pain and suffering. Pain and suffering. It's the, the pain that comes from hurtful relationships. It's the pain that comes from losing a loved one. It's the suffering that comes maybe from sinful choices that you've made. Suffering, maybe it's the sinful choices that other people have made that has then caused you pain in return. When we allow pain and the suffering to steal our joy, we do this. We start believing that the presence of pain means the absence of God. And I know I found that to be true. And I don't know why it is that all of a sudden when we experience these painful situations, we're like, God, where are you? God, I I can't see you in this pain. God, why is this happening? God, why would you allow this to happen? And we really start believing that the presence of pain means the absence of God. And while I have no answer of why we all suffer and go through pain and why we suffer in this world, I do know this. I know that God promises us that there is purpose in our pain. And I know that God promises us that he will be with us in the pain. He is with us in the storm. He doesn't say he'll stop the storm always, but he is with us in the middle of the storm. And that is our foundation in the pain. Even when we don't see the answer of why we're experiencing this hardship, God is there. And we know that he is faithful. I love that Jesus said this in John 16, 33. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I think sometimes when we go through pain, we have to remind ourselves. It's not something that we're going to want to choose. We have to remind ourselves that God has overcome this. Any situation, any pain, and he offers me his presence and his hope and his joy in the midst of all things. 
And I look again at Paul's life and all the hardship and the physical pain that he had, yet he encourages us to do this. In Philippians 4, 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And remember, he's writing this from a prison cell. What does he have to be joyful for? Nothing but God's presence. And he says rejoice. He's reminding his soul, he's reminding his spirit to rejoice and be glad in this day. So even though our lives are filled with unwanted circumstances, and even if trials come and the hardships and they, they're burdened to us and they're hard on us, and even if loved ones betray us, no matter what happens, we can rejoice in the character of God because he will never leave us nor forsake us. Even though our lives may change, God never changes. He knows everything that's going to happen to you, and he's offering your, his love and his support and his grace in your life. He is always good. He is always right, always true, always gracious. And when other fail, others fail us, he never fails us. So no matter what happens in all things, we can rejoice because we have a God who is worthy of our praise. Last year, Jason and I attended a conference, and I heard one of the speakers speak a little bit more about this message of joy. And they said this, and I thought it was so profound. I, I wrote it down, and it says this, and to remind ourselves daily of it. It says, glance at the pain, stare at the blessing. Glance at the pain in your life. We don't understand it. We don't know why. Glance at it. Stare at his blessings, his faithfulness, his love. Because there is no life in staring at pain. There is no life trying to figure it out. There is no life there. But the life is in Christ, and it's in the blessings that he's given us, and it's in his presence, and it's in all the things that he shares with us every single day. Glance at the pain. Stare at the blessing. You know, two weeks ago, Pastor Jason, he shared um, his personal story about his hardship in life. As a kid, um, he was in and out of the hospitals. He was always sick. As a teenager, he was diagnosed with uh, an immune deficiency, which caused him to be sick a lot. When we met and got married in Bible college, he was still struggling with sickness. And even throughout our marriage, he's been sick. He's gone through a lot of hardships, but God has been so faithful to bring him through. And you know, for a while, for a while in his life, he kept letting that pain and that suffering and that sickness define who he was. But God truly spoke to him several years ago and said, Jason, you need to glance at that pain but stare at that blessing. Look around you. Look at all the things that I have blessed you with. Look at this wonderful church, City Light Church, that I've called you to start. Look at this wonderful family that I've brought in your life. Look at these beautiful children that I have given you. Some of you might not know, but it took us four years to have our son. And during those four years, we were also going through pain. We didn't understand why we were struggling with infertility in all of this, but God is faithful. And now we are blessed with these two beautiful children. God is so faithful. And, and in that season, God just reminded my husband, like, just glance at that pain. I know I'm there, 
but stare at your blessing because that is where my life is. That is where my joy is. And I remind myself that I have to do that for my life as well. I have to know that just because there's pain doesn't mean God's not there. And just because I choose to walk in his blessing doesn't mean I'm ignoring what's happening in my life either. But we just glance over the pain. We stare at God's blessing. I believe that's what God wants all of us to do this morning and for our lives, to focus on our blessing. Remember, joy is not the absence of suffering, but the presence of God. Joy is more than a feeling. It is our foundation. Joy is more than an emotion. It is our choice. And I want us to choose joy this morning. It's time to choose joy. So as we close this morning, I just wanted to read um, a little bit of a longer passage of Scripture to you. But I wanted to read it to you in the Passion Translation because I love the beauty of the words that it uses. It's going to be up on the screen. Just encourage yourself. If you're ever struggling day to day, pull up this verse. It is so amazing. Philippians 4, 4 through 13 says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with an overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace and that transcends human understanding will make the answer known to you through Christ Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God praising him always. Follow the example of all that I have imparted to you, and God of peace will be with you in all things. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Whether in fullness or in hunger, I can find the strength of Christ's explosive power infused in me to conquer every difficulty. Will you all stand with me this morning as we pray?